0: The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. Easter is about a stand for the heart, the resurrection of heart. And that's our topic today, the theme for our spring renewal program that is completing today. And we're uncovering the, the meanings, the metaphysical and practical meanings of the Easter story for people of all faiths. And realizing that Jesus' true purpose was to awaken in us a realization and an expression of highest love. You see, for him, it was not about the resurrection of the soul. You see, he'd already told everybody, the kingdom of God is within you. You're an immortal being. In my Father's house are many mansions. No, for him, it was about the resurrection of heart. That love could rise above the darkness and the suffering of humanity and heal it. And and it's so fascinating to me how theology has gotten away from that basic gift of love, of heart from that teacher. Interestingly, in in a book that I read called Saving Paradise, how Christianity traded love of this world for crucifixion and empire. The authors, Rita Brock and Rebecca Parker, who are theologians and archaeologists, talk about their research and how it is that it was about the year 1,000 A.D., 1,000 years after Jesus, that the art in the churches, I'm talking about the stained glass windows and the tapestries and, and the other art, shifted toward art of the crucifixion and the suffering and the agony of Jesus. Whereas prior to that, in the first 1,000 years, the art had been pastoral. Jesus among the children, Jesus in nature, the harmony among peoples, And they point out that it seems that it was the early church that kept faith with the true mission of that great teacher. And it was only the later church that got into empire building and power games and shifted the whole theology to control people rather than liberate them. And the great teacher was saying, you have a healing heart and it's God in you. And you can build up the kingdom of heaven on earth. Because that's why he prayed. He said, on earth, as it is in heaven on earth, in our experience, as it is in the mind-heart of God. And while it's wonderful to know through His example that we're all immortal souls and that that thing we have called death is nothing but a vibratory shift into greater dimensions of God life, still what it brings us back to is living our lives right here, right now and calling for a greater degree of heart, building up the kingdom of God here and now. In these changing and challenging times, and I know my colleagues, ministers would agree with me, uh, many, many, many people are experiencing uneasiness, um, great discouragement or concern, and a deep searching. I I, I came across these uh, cartoons that are uh, Easter related. I think it speaks a little to this. The first cartoon here, I didn't say I was unfulfilled, I said I was hollow. And, and I know, yeah, a lot of people feel the hollowness. And then there's this second one, I want to focus on decorating the egg within. <laughs> and it does seem that, uh, you know, we want to be full and fulfilled and, and we want to feel better within ourselves. You know, what if all of that gets accomplished? When we go beyond that to actually the resurrection of heart, maybe that's what we really need. A favorite author of mine, Robert Fulghum, tells about an experience we've all had, and that's playing hide-and-seek. Uh, we've all had it, and uh, if you've got grandkids, you've played it recently, as I have. Um, hide-and-seek, and he writes about that. In the early dark, the dry dark of an October Saturday evening, the neighborhood children are playing hide-and-seek. And he wonders how long since I played hide and seek, because I bet you are as well. As I write this, the neighborhood game goes on, and there's a kid under a pile of leaves in the yard just under my window. He's been there a long time, and everybody else is found, and they're about to give up on him over at the base. I considered going out to the base and telling them where he's hiding, and I thought about setting the leaves on fire to drive him out. <laughs> Finally, I just yelled, Get found, kid! out the window and scared him so badly he probably wet his pants and started crying and ran home to tell his mother. It's real hard to know how to be helpful sometimes. (laughs) A man I know found out last year he had terminal cancer. He was a doctor and knew about dying and he didn't want to make his family and friends suffer through that with him. So he kept his secret and died. Everybody said how brave it was to bear his suffering in silence and not tell everybody and so on and so forth. But privately... His family and friends said how angry they were that he didn't need them, didn't trust their strength, and it hurt that he didn't say goodbye. He hid too well. Getting found would have kept him in the game, hide-and-seek grown-up style. Wanting to hide, needing to be sought, confused about being found. I don't want anyone to know. What do people think? I don't want to bother anyone. Ali oli oxen free. The kids out in the street are hollering the cry that says, come on in wherever you are. It's safe to come home. It's a new game. And so say I, to all those who have hid too good, get found, kid. ali ali oxen free. Maybe we've all hid a bit too well. What do you think? If you are convinced, if you're convinced, that your life has reached a dead end and, and, and that a stone has been rolled over the tomb of your life, hear the Easter message. Life isn't finished with you. And if you feel like you're finished with love, hear the Easter message. Love isn't finished with you. See, you were born from the heart of God. You have always been and are now held in the heart of God. You are evolving in the heart of God. It's time to get found. It's time to get found. Easter, what's it about? Lives out of tombs and hearts out of hiding. Summarize it all up like that. Lives out of tombs and hearts out of hiding. Out of hiding. And I tell you, when you bring your heart out of hiding, you're going to reveal to yourself some incredible gifts. First of all, there will be the gift of purpose. When we go to our hearts, we don't have to quest for fulfillment and quest for something within ourselves. A natural passion and purpose starts emitting itself from our hearts. When we have, as we've been talking in these past Sundays, a coherent heart, an open heart, a natural passion comes forth. And then we look out at the world and we see the injustices. And we see the inequities and the discrimination And the heartlessness, and we decide to ourselves, that's not in alignment with heart in me or in any, and I'm going to do something about it. And then the little voice creeps up and it says, You, you do something about it? Yeah, right. Yeah, but maybe it is right. And maybe there is a purpose that resurrects when we resurrect the heart. I was interested to read about a young man named Matt Hopwood who had a crisis of faith and wanted to make a difference as he looked out on what he felt was a heartless world. And here's his picture. And and he said, back in 2011, when I was trying to find my way and find more meaning and purpose in my life, I contacted Alistair McIntosh, a great Scottish ecologist and theologian, and I told him what I wanted to do and asked for his advice. His reply was simple and to the point. Matthew, it doesn't matter what path you walk. What matters is the heart you walk it in. And he says, that response liberated me because I understood that my activism could find its expression in the process, not just in the end result. And so he embarked then, Matt did, on a bunch of journeys and he got this inspiration to go around and walk around and have people tell them his love stories, seeing love as the great connector uh, between all people and, and authentic social action. In fact, in 2017, he walked 500 miles across Scotland gathering these love stories. He's got a website and a book coming out called A Human Love Story. But his, his realizations, hear them if you think you don't matter. He says, I've come to think of this as heart-led activism or compassionate practice in the world. For me, this is a form of activism on an individual level that can cultivate change on a wider societal and cultural scale. To undertake the simplest of tasks with the right intention can contribute to an emerging web of similar actions with and by others. Small acts of love, hear that, small acts of love have the potential to join together and create a more compassionate society. Because in the end, it doesn't matter what path you walk. What matters is the heart you walk it in. Purpose, finding new purpose and you as an emanation of light. that you can go through anything, even oppression, even tyranny. I've had the pleasure of being with His Holiness the Dalai Lama three times with intensive small group interactions for a week each. And I've always been amazed at that, that incredible being of light who f- fled Tibet when the Chinese were invading and almost died crossing the Himalayas didn't put his heart in hiding. It's out there. And even though he speaks about the cultural and, and, and really human genocide going on in his homeland, he still speaks of my friends the Chinese. And he still is the major voice of compassion in our world, a resurrection of heart. No matter what we face, there's a purpose waiting for us in our hearts. And you'll find also the gift of renewal in your hearts. That's so much the Easter message right now is that there's a renewing force in you. Hey gang, I have felt it in my life. I know how different my life is since my heart flew open in my early 30s and showed me God as real and the cohesive force of love in all all of life. It can renew you. It can help you roll that stone away from the tomb of deadened living and have you spring forth. Yes, with new purpose, renewed and invigorated. Make a promise that this is the time, this Easter, your time. Yeah, the gifts of purpose and renewal. And then there's the gift of oneness, the gift of the dynamic realization that we are all one, no matter how separated we feel, no matter how much conditioning there's been into separation and, and bigotry and prejudice still. Ultimately, our hearts reveal to us that we're of one spirit and one source, and that we don't have to let that prevail, and that things can shift. Consciousness can grow. It was in 1988 that a great change agent and evocateur of human potential, Oprah Winfrey, Oprah had a show in which she hosted four white supremacists, skinheads, they called them, and it really got out of hand quickly. Um, They were belligerent, uh, angry, toxic, putting out all sorts of stuff. They called all black people monkeys in her present. And it got really hateful. In fact, after that, Oprah said, I realized that I was doing more to empower them than I was to expose them. And since that moment, I've never done a show like that again. Well, it was that 23 years later, 23 years later, two of those four pleaded to return to her show, and she agreed. Now, here's a picture of these two people, when they were there in 1988, caught up in all this conditioning and hate, Matt, Mike Barrett, and Dave Bazella. Here they are, 23 years later, back on the program, apologizing. Having experienced a deep shift, on the right, uh, Dave Bazella. Uh, he, he had been sent to prison for assault, and he said, as he watched the video of 1988, he said, that kid that I was, I, I, I was lost. I feel different now. I'm so embarrassed. And he apologized. And then Mike Barrett on the, on the left, he wept openly. And he shared how he had gone to prison for defacing a synagogue. And interestingly, he was placed on a crew of all black prisoners. And he said, these guys accepted me for who I was. They already knew about my past because it was tattooed all over my neck and back, swastikas, the whole works, but they treated me like a human being and it just taught me that everybody's a human being. We can't hate people. Oneness. Maybe there's somebody you've decided is just a certain way and they'll never change. Well, maybe that's our problem, not theirs. And maybe we can resurrect our heart in the matter and Hold the higher potential for them and for all. I've always been stirred by the words of Nelson Mandela who said, after 26 years of imprisonment, I always knew that deep down in every human heart there is mercy and generosity. No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin, his background, or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can learn to love. For love comes more naturally to the human heart than its opposite. Even in the grimmest times in prison, when my comrades and I were pushed to our limits, I would see a glimmer of humanity in one of the guards, perhaps just for a second, but it was enough to reassure me and keep me going. Man's goodness is a flame that can be hidden, but never, never extinguished. There's the gift of oneness when we come out of hiding with our hearts. And finally, there's the gift of forgiving. That great master teacher said that your doorway into active love is forgiving. At Easter time there's probably no higher act than to do an inventory and ask who must I release? How can I let go of that which is clogging my heart, the resentment, the anger, the hurt? How can I let that go? And how can I also forgive myself? How can I forgive myself? Thus then love flows in great abundance. An American teacher took a position in Singapore teaching, and uh, early on in her tenure there, somebody gave her a book by a wonderful guy, Jerry Jampolsky. He has spoken here several times, and it's called Teach Only Love, and the main practice in that book is forgiving, and and there are practices, and she entered into those practices, and it moved her so much, she wondered how she could bring that into the classroom, so she began to teach her 10- and 11-year-olds forgiveness practices, and in fact, she became known as the forgiveness teacher. Well, there was another young man in that school. He was older. He was 12 years old. And he'd had a difficult family life. It was very tough for him. Nobody liked him in the school. Everybody stayed away from him. And he was always doing hurtful things to others. And then one day a teacher's purse came up missing. And they, at first, of course, assumed he did it. And he said, No, absolutely, I did not do it. But then later they found out that he did do it. And so he had both stolen and he had lied. Now, in that culture and in that school, the tradition for such a a grievous error was public caning. And so an assembly was called, and all the students were gathered in the gym, all the students and teachers. And the principal brought this young man out, and he said to the children, this is what happens, so think carefully about this. And he took off his shirt, and he pulled out the cane. And there in the front row in the middle was that teacher, her heartbreaking, heartbreaking, But yet, what could she do up against the whole school and all this tradition? So in that moment, all she did was she simply stood. See, sometimes that's all you can do is stand. She stood. And then all of her students, as they saw this, they started shouting, Forgive him! Forgive him! Forgive him! And the principal looked up in shock. And then the the boy looked up bewildered, and the students kept shouting, Forgive him! Forgive him! Forgive him! Forgive him! And that little boy there, he just broke down crying. And then he started sobbing uncontrollably. And the principal started crying. And there was this movement of spirit in that place. And the principal took the boy in his arms and they wept together. And he said to them, you know, I'm going to give you one more chance. Well, at the end of the school year, when they voted for the most likely to succeed... That young man was honored as the most honorable student in the school because in that time he'd completely turned around. He stayed after school to help the teachers. He helped the little kids. And he had totally turned his life around. Easter, it's about lives out of tombs. Our hearts out of hiding. Take the great adventure and discover the gifts of purpose. Renewal of oneness and a forgiving and just see how your life will thrive.